Growing Healthy Pigs podcast. Hello and welcome to an interim episode of the Growing Healthy Pigs podcast. In this episode, we are continuing the conversation from our last episode on consumer buying habits. We'll be talking to Lisa McGuinness, Category Insights Manager for Dalehead Foods, on what she thinks about consumer buying habits, how COVID lockdowns have impacted this, and what we can do to take this forward. Thank you for joining us today, Lisa. First of all, would you like to introduce yourself so our listeners know who you are and what you do? Thank you, Ingrid. Yes, I'm the Category Insight Manager for Dalehead Foods, and it's part of my role to understand customer insight and market data to help shape the categories um, within the retailers that you see when you're out shopping. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us today. So first and foremost, what are consumers' current pork buying habits and and why do you feel this is? So currently, Ingrid, what we're seeing, um, and and we're talking about a COVID behaviour here, is we're seeing quite an increase in pork products, which are centred much more around midweek eating. So whether that's something that's perhaps a little bit quicker to cook. um, So those kind of products that are actually performing really well currently within fresh pork are things like chops and steaks, mints and meatballs, those kind of products. And I think what we're seeing customers doing is that obviously they need to bring a much greater variety to their weekly repertoire. You know, they're eating as many takeaways and they're certainly not consuming pork out of the home. And effectively, they they just need to spread out all those different meals and the inspiration that they need across the week. So they're the types of products that we're seeing winning at the moment. And of course, they also offer quite good value for money. They also allow the customer to tailor it themselves. So if they want to add their own sauce, for example, they can do. So perceptions have definitely improved around pork, I think, because people have had to rediscover it in order to not become bored with their kind of five nights a week meal repertoire. So I think they've discovered that pork is really quick to cook, that there are some lean cuts within pork. So often we struggle. One of the barriers that pork has had over the longer term is that actually it's seen as quite fatty. That's sometimes led by perhaps people getting emotionally involved with things like pork belly and those kind of products, which are are really emotive cuts that they kind of have with families around Sunday lunchtimes. But there are some really lean cuts within pork, like fillet and medallions and some thinner cut steaks that people are really tapping into. And of course, pork is really good value for money versus its competitive set like beef and lamb. And it can carry flavour really well like chicken. So it does have some really great credentials. What we have actually seen as a, just as a final point is that we've we've carried out some research probably sort of more June, July time. And we've actually seen where customers have tried to add a bit of variety to a meal like a lasagna, which you perhaps might have every fortnight or so. It's quite a popular dish for all the family. And what people have been doing is dropping their beef mints for pork mints because it's that much leaner and it just offers them something different within their within their weekly weekly meals. Absolutely. And it's it's a trend I've certainly seen in our household, Lisa. So I'm glad to see it's not just us, it's across the board. So, you know, thank you for sharing those insights with us. So obviously we're all aware that COVID has certainly changed many things in their, our life. Is there any real changes in the consumer behaviour that has been influenced by COVID? Most definitely, Ingrid. So the, the biggest change we've seen is the switch from customers buying their pork products or, or any products but we're talking specifically about pork here but they've been they've been switching from buying uh, their pork from a shop so you know going into a physical shop buying it to, to buying their products online 
So we've seen a big jump in the percentage of sales going through a shop to going through online. And that presents us with a number of opportunities and challenges, really. So obviously, people have been um, asked to do more online shopping and stay safe, which is great. And what that means for us is that we absolutely have to make sure that all that product information on a page is up to date and correct and have to influence the retailer in terms of their shopping flow so that shoppers that are new to online shopping can navigate their way round. And obviously what the other important thing is that shoppers cannot pick up products and turn them over and they're not selecting their pork chop or their pork fillet themselves. They're relying on someone else to do that. So can present those products in the best way online, but also have some really clear information. So if shoppers are sourcing British, where's the Union Jack flag? If they're looking for higher welfare, where's the logo? You know, are they looking for a red tractor? All of those symbols, which they can seek out themselves at a, at a shopping fixture, need to be equally as visible on the online screen. Absolutely. And I think it definitely gives us some food for thought as we navigate through these difficult times. So thank you for sharing your insights on that, Lisa. So Lisa, obviously, we've been seeing a huge impact um, from COVID with the lockdown of, of many of our restaurants and high street chains. Do you feel that that's had any impact on some of the our more popular pork products? Certainly has, Ingrid. So I think it's fair to say that pre-COVID, Categories like bacon and sausage have had some struggles in the past because of poor health perceptions and, you know, different reports linking it to you know, life changing illnesses. Um, so what we've seen during COVID and we continue to see is actually bacon and sausages are proving really popular again. Um, so their sales have, have increased over the last sort of nine months. And that's influenced by some different factors, actually. So we've obviously we've had more people working from home. Um, so some of those people that may be using um, outlets like uh, Greg's or Costa or Prep for maybe a bacon or sausage sandwich have been doing some of that in the home. Um, and another reason it's popular is, is because a bacon or sausage sandwich is actually really filling. So it becomes quite good value for money and quite an economical choice. Obviously, we've had um, a higher number of uh, children at home as well, um, and particularly older children are perhaps opening the fridge uh, frequent times during the day so it's something that can fill fill children up in the home um, and of course bacon and sausage are both pretty versatile it, it no longer do you just use sausages for a toad in the hole you know you can chop them up with pasta meals there um, they do offer a lot of versatility for for a sort of a whole family and likewise um, bacon for example we would not only just think of bacon rashes but also think of lardons where people have you know it's been chopped up and you're, you're adding pasta dish which again is a is a quick meal that for the whole family so both, both bacon and sausage are, are performing very well currently fantastic and let's face it there's nothing like a bacon butty to cheer you up at a lunchtime a british bacon butty of course <laughs> with regards um public buying decisions what do you feel influences this do you think it's driven mainly by cost or do you think quality and welfare have an impact it's a tricky one, Ingrid, isn't it? It's, it's very much based on circumstance. I think I think currently there will be a number of families that are looking for something that's really great value for money and also possibly influenced by promotions. You know, in, in the home, they are cooking a little bit differently. They are perhaps feeding a larger family because, you know, children maybe aren't doing sports clubs and all that kind of stuff after school. People are doing a bit more batch cooking. 
Um, they're trying to be economical with the ingredients and the food they have. They don't want to waste things. So I think the promotions could potentially influence what they're buying as well. Obviously, what, what we're missing slightly is that people are not having their out-of-home experience eating pork. So cuts that we know are popular out of the home, like belly, for example, or sticky ribs, those kind of things aren't being experienced out of the home. So effectively, they may be trying to recreate some of those things in the home as well. And, and certainly, I think we can say that traceability and welfare has, has got a bit of a spotlight on it at the moment. We know that prior to, to COVID hitting, that we were seeing customers, certainly those that were perhaps becoming what we know as flexitarians, so just trying to drop their meat consumption a little bit, mm-hmm. eating less meat, but they were eating better quality meat. And I think that's certainly a trend that's that's set to continue. And I think compounded by COVID as well, we've seen a lot more shoppers take a trip to their local butcher and wanting to support local. And obviously we know that a number of our local butchers will be sourcing a little bit more locally and have got some really good provenance messages, which I think reassures customers about, about where things are from. Absolutely. And it, it's something, again, Lisa, it's funny when you talk about this, I find it appealing to my own situation a lot here, you know, with people trying to avoid maybe the big supermarkets, I find myself using the local butcher. So do you think these buying habits affect your business? And does this really filter down to the producer level? Most definitely. I think if we see a particular trend in a certain cut of pork, for example, now that could come from social media influences, big recipe campaigns, the way that that pork is represented in food service, for example, those particular buying habits can affect our business because in effect, we are some of us are trying to balance the whole pig carcass. And whilst certain parts of that will go into our sausage and bacon business, there is still an element of being left with other pieces of, of of the pig itself so it can affect our business. So what can producers do themselves to help promote British pork? First of all I think they probably need to remember who their end customer is. I think it's very easy for a producer to think about being on farm and where that where that pork is going to and you know that's my my focus that's my customer but actually there's another customer at the very end of that chain and that's the consumer the people that are those people that are actually eating the, you know the, the producer's pork so I think it's really important to remember who your audience is and in the nowadays we're you know we're heavily influenced by social media and I think in order to overcome another barrier which pork has and it's around the in trying to bring more younger shoppers in I think producers any opportunity they have to be more engaging with younger shoppers and that unfortunately does mean engaging with with social media um, and also not being afraid to tell their story you know there's there's so much great stuff which goes on behind the farm gate, which sometimes, you know, retailers aren't always the best at communicating all those finer details. But for many shoppers nowadays, they're looking for that instantaneous information. And, you know, you know, it could be the farmer's job to really celebrate their achievements, no matter how, how big or small it might be to them. It could be really important to an end consumer. Absolutely. I fully agree. And thank you for those comments, Lisa. I think it is something that we we see repeatedly. And I think this this podcast really has brought that to light. You know, we have some lovely producers that we've been working with, and they're really proud to shout about what they're doing. And what they're doing is incredible. And I, I think we have this feeling within the, the pork sector that people are kind of scared to say what they're doing and what they're thinking. So I think anything that producers can do to get out there 
and, and be positive about what they're doing is really going to influence on, on the port market. And that really brings me on to kind of talk about the industry as a whole. Do you think there is more that the industry could be doing? I think you alluded to it before to really help about the British pork and buying British. I mean, there's always more collaboration that, that the industry can do. I guess one question would be what learnings, I guess, do, do we take from other industries? Is, you know, are we sharing knowledge with our friends in fish and in poultry? Is there actually another sector beyond fresh meat that we could learn from in terms of where pork's at currently? Um, you know, that could be something, it could be an ambient product, could be coffee, could be leek potatoes, for example. Is there something else, another industry that we could be learning from? So there's definitely more we can do together and perhaps try and be a bit stronger as one unit. I think the AHDB are doing some fantastic work currently, and I really think they've upped their game probably over the last five years. Um, But obviously the interaction I have with AHDB is very much on a one to one level. So how much, you know, what working groups can, can we have which starts to engage the retailer as well? Lisa, thank you very much. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think we've got some really great, great bodies within the industry trying to shout out about British. And I, I, I fully hope that we can do more in the future to encourage our consumers to buy British. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Ingrid. Pleasure. Perfect. The Growing Healthy Pigs podcast.